The Chauvin trial wasn't about what we thought it was. Will you be a felon for not getting a vaccination? And a lot more about gun violence. Today, Eric's America. You have come to the right place. Hope you love America. Hope you're tired of the same thing all day, every day. Bringing you a different point of view. Bringing you the right point of view. From an everyday American, recorded all over. No agenda, just America. Hello, hello, and welcome. Uh, I'm a little late this week. I'm, I'm a day behind. Um, lots of things going on. You know how it goes. Uh, weather getting nicer. Uh, so much to get in and get done. Um, you know, so many things that you've put off, you know, the whole time it was crappy outside. And now, well, there's no more excuses. You have to get it done. And uh, when you're the only one, when you're, you know, the only one doing research and recording and all that fun stuff, sometimes... Sometimes you just run out of time, and uh, that was the case. But, but uh, good news, I'm back. Back today. We're a day late, but uh, not a dollar short apparently. Um, and of course we'll be you know regular on Friday. So uh, you still get the two episodes this week. Just one a little later. I apologize. Uh, I do my best not to um, ruin my schedule, but. Uh, Sometimes it is inevitable, and I want to say I do see the numbers going up, more people listening, and that is very, very heartening. It uh, really helps. It makes uh, me feel so much better about doing this. And uh, also, I want to tell everybody, please uh, remember to uh, subscribe. It's free to subscribe. It's just to let people know that you like it, and it you know helps defeat the algorithm, uh, as it were. And um, yeah, tell your friends about it rate it review uh lots of stars anywhere that gives us stars and we are uh, this show is everywhere you like to listen to podcasts or you can go directly and listen to it on the website at erics-america.com so anywhere you want to listen to it even iHeartRadio, any of those places apple um yeah android apple spotify all those you can find it and everywhere you find it and you're listening to it Please give it a good review. Give us some stars. It helps, and more and more people will find it. So we're going to get into this today. A very interesting uh, situation uh, going on with, uh, you know, it's the Chauvin trial's over, right? And right after the Chauvin trial, now everybody remembers, we spent an entire year hearing about nothing but systemic racism. That's what it was all about, right? That's what the whole thing Chauvin was a racist and he killed George Floyd because he was a racist. That's that's what that's the whole narrative. We burned down a country, burned down cities, killed people, let riots go wild. Because that's what it was about, right? Chauvin was this, you know, huge racist and he killed George Floyd because Floyd was black and that's all there was to it. Nothing else and that's that was the narrative. That's all. And that's exactly what we were told. And that's all we've heard. We heard it from all the Democrat candidates. We heard it from Joe Biden. We heard it from all these people over and over and over and over again. And then when it was over, well, you know, it didn't end. Here we go. Here's the the montage from right after the Chauvin trial. We still have work to do. 
The family does not get to have their loved one back. There is still work to be done. And while this is a step in the right direction, there's still a lot of work to be done. But this is just one stop. There is more work to be done. It's a feeling like, okay, this happened, now the work really begins. So we can't leave this moment or look away thinking our work is done. This moment is where the work begins. We've got a lot of work to do, but this feels like a beginning rather than, a, rather than an ending. We have a lot of work to do in this country because systemic racism has infected us all. And, and, and we know that until we right. stop the violence, then we have work to do. There's a lot of work to be done to get to liberty and justice for all. So it's really weird how that works. You know, it's all about racism. It was all a big racist thing. Now we have a lot more work to do to combat systemic racism. That's all we've heard. We've been beat over the head. Now we've got, you know, critical race theory trying to be, you know, crammed down on everybody. How whitey's terrible. Every white person is a virulent racist. And we're just out and the cops are all racist. All cops everywhere are just racist. And they're going around finding black people and killing them. That's what we've been led to believe. Well, I guess if you missed 60 minutes over the weekend, or this past weekend, you might have missed the fact that, well, maybe that isn't what it was about. This is incredible. This is absolutely mind-blowing, and I do not know why it is not on, you know, on the bigger networks. And we're going to talk about that in a minute, too. But uh, why it's not on all the bigger networks. I mean, I, I know why it's not on MSNBC, CNN, all that, CBS, ABC, all that crap. I know why it's not on there. Why isn't Fox blowing this up? This is incredible. So this is Keith Ellison, the prosecutor, who, by the way, did not elect to prosecute himself. He did not himself prosecute Derek Chauvin. And he even asked the local prosecutor, for Minneapolis and or for Hennepin County, and that prosecutor didn't do it. Uh, they hired a bunch of private attorneys to act as a prosecutor, which was very bizarre to start with. And uh, this might be a really, um, a really interesting uh, insight into why that didn't happen. Listen to this. This is incredible. I can't believe it. I can't believe he actually said it. And I can't believe people have not lost their minds over it. Here's Keith Ellison. Hate crime. I wouldn't call it that. Because mm. hate crimes are crimes where there's an explicit motive and uh, of bias. We don't have any evidence that Derek Chauvin factored in Wait. Uh, George Floyd's race as he did what? what he did. What the hell are you talking about? We burned down cities. We killed people. We ruined people's lives. All we've heard is systemic racism. And this asshole just said, I mean, we don't have any evidence that he was biased. I mean, we don't have any evidence that he was racist. Are you fucking kidding me? Here we go. You could have charged him with oh. a hate crime under Minnesota law. Yeah. And you chose not to. Could right. Have, and he just um, told you why. We only charge those crimes that we had evidence to uh -oh. that we could put in uh, front of a jury to prove no evidence if we'd have had a witness that told us that Derek Chauvin made a racial reference uh -huh. we might have charged him with a hate crime sure but I would have needed a witness to say that on the stand we didn't uh, have it so we didn't do it the whole world is unbelievable sees this 
as a white officer killing a black man because he is black. Mm-hmm. And you're telling me that there's no evidence to support that. That's exactly In what I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. There is a social norm that killing certain kinds of people is more tolerable than other kinds of people. In order for Are us you to stop me? and pay serious attention to this case and be outraged by it, it's not necessary that Derek Chauvin has specific racial in- intent uh, to harm George Floyd. Mm. The fact is, we mm-hmm. know that through housing patterns, through employment, through wealth, through a whole range of other things, uh, so often people of color, black people, end up with uh, harsh treatment from law enforcement. Mm. Um, And other folks doing the exact same thing just don't. If an officer doesn't throw a white neurologist in Eden Prairie, Minnesota, to the ground and doesn't uh, uh, st- sit on top of his neck. Is he doing it because this is a fellow white brother? No, he's doing it because he thinks this is an important person, and if I treat them badly, uh, somebody's going to ask me about this. This person probably has lawyers. They probably knows the governor. He probably knows his, he has connections. I can look at the way he's dressed and the way he talks that he's probably, quote-unquote, somebody. And so that's really what it's about. Are you fucking kidding me? I I don't have words for that. He should be prosecuted. He shouldn't have a job, even though, you know, I mean, he was funded and put in power by George Soros, and that's not just a boogeyman. You can look it up, check it, fact check it. You can follow the money. That's who put him in power. Same with Kim Fox in, you know, Chicago, letting people out of jail who murder people. It's fine. I just, there is no words He even just said there is no systemic racism. Did you hear it? If not, go back and listen to it again. He just said there's no, none, no racism. No, it's just, you know, some people are poor. And so the police figure, man, it's fine. I mean, somebody's got money. They're not going to do that. This is only people that are poor. It's hard to come up with the words. I mean, the amount of colorful words I would like to call this absolute piece of garbage. I don't know. The podcast would probably get pulled down if I went full on on it. I'll just be honest because that, it's not just unacceptable. That should be illegal. It was your job, your job, his job specifically to come out and say, listen, 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 let's stop all these riots. Let's stop all this. This wasn't about race. The man is not, there's no evidence saying the man was racist. None. The man was convicted specifically because of the riots and the protests and everybody thought he was racist. They went through the jury and made sure that it was heavily, heavily people of color because this was a racist crime. And then this asshole comes out and says, I mean, I didn't have any evidence. I mean, it wasn't racist. It's because George Floyd was poor. Maybe it was because George Floyd was a bully who liked to do a lot of drugs and get Robbie with people. Huh? You think? Huh? You think it's because he liked to break the law? I just. And how people, I mean, you can hear the guy interviewing him. It's just flabbergasted as well as he should be. He should be indignant. He should be up in arms. 
The country should be up in arms. There should be an effort right now to kick Keith Ellison out of his fucking job. Why? It's obvious. He is directly, not indirectly, not sort of, not kind of, he is directly responsible for the damage in Minneapolis. Period. You let it happen because you let this narrative play out just for your own political gains. Period. You did it to help Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, and to hurt Donald Trump. That's the only reason you did it. And you know it. And you just fucking admitted it. Just admitted it to the whole world. No one cares. Who cares? Yeah, Chauvin's not a racist. Well, I mean, we could have charged him with a hate crime, but I mean, he didn't do anything like that. Really? Maybe you could have let everybody know that when they were burning the cities down. How about that? Maybe. No. Why not? Because it doesn't help. It doesn't help my team. They live by the premise that the ends justify the means. No matter who gets hurt, I mean, you're just a pawn. Who cares about all those people that don't have businesses anymore? Who cares about all the, you know, people that have been killed and all this? Who cares about all that? That's not my problem. Those are just underlings. Those are just the common people. I don't mess around with them. I had a team to support. I had to get rid of the orange man. I had to support Joe Biden. So, hey, if a few people die and a whole bunch of people lose their livelihoods, that's not my problem. Those are just the proles. Who cares? These people are sick, nasty, fascist pieces of garbage, and they should be out of office, period. That is absolutely fucking disgusting. Does anybody talk about it? No. No, it just goes on. Just rolls on. Who cares? No big deal. Oh, man. And it just doesn't end. It absolutely doesn't end. So, you know, then right after that, you have the the uh, the girl that was uh, stabbing, getting a little stabby, got shot. And, uh, you know, we talked about it some on Friday, but uh, this was amazing. This is amazing. This is a little two-part sound clip here. Where uh, this is a woman, I guess she was on MSNBC or whatever, and she was talking about, well, you know, it didn't need to, you know, shoot her, you know, because, I mean, just black people are held to such a different standard. Here you go. Okay, go ahead. You know, look, the argument for our movements has never uh-huh. been that black people have to be perfect in order for them to deserve dignity, for us to colors. have good policing, mm-hmm. for us to be viewed with humanity, mm-hmm. for cops to take a breath before they literally get out of the car guns blazing. So that's th- oh. this is never what the argument for the movement for black lives has been, is that you just get to kill black people, particularly when they're not being perfect. Not being perfect. Here we, we go. We're going to get jumped if we call the cops and they can't show up and tell who mm. the victim is and who the perpetrators are, and they can't use their training to adjudicate mm-hmm. regular old everyday community conflict. But beyond all of that, beyond all of that, what are we going to do about the way that we don't understand black girls as girls? Micaiah mm. Bryant was a child, like Tamir Rice was a child, and the mm. way that she has been talked about as this, you know, because she was a big girl, but her we turn black girls her. into grown women before they even are able to vote. Uh, and then, you wow, know, and are is... unable to see them as children. And so I have watched folks across the political spectrum really defend this and say, and empathize with the officer, say that he didn't have any other set of choices. Right. I mean, 
you know, it's because she was big. It's because she was overweight. That's why the cop shot her. I mean, what are you talking about? She was a black girl and she was overweight. That's why he shot her. I mean, who cares about stabby stabby? You know, I mean, she just wasn't being perfect that day. And we got to figure out how to deal with people when they're not being perfect. Yeah, Jeffrey Dahmer wasn't perfect either. I think we uh, fucking locked him up too. You know, because he was mostly peaceful. I mean, he wasn't killing and eating people every day. You know, it's no big deal. You could say that about anybody that's committed even mass, mass murders. They didn't do it every day. So, I mean, they were mostly good people. They just weren't being perfect that day. This is the sickness. And you notice, and this is when you really get to the heart of the matter, when she goes, well, they're not even old, old enough to vote yet. Yeah, because that's the only part you care about. That is the only part you care about. That's the only part you're worried about is getting them in and pulling the lever for the Democrat Party. You could give a shit less what happens so many other time. Who cares? They're just not being perfect. And it's because she was a big girl. I mean, that's why the cop got out and shot her. I mean, the other girl was skinny. You know what I mean? So he was like, yeah, yeah, we can't bother with her. We don't want to bother her. It's just the big one. Yeah, shoot the big one. The fuck are these people on? What kind of drugs does it take to get this screwed up in the head? Because you can't tell me that regular everyday people can get this ass backwards in their brain without some severe, severe use of some kind of substances. You can't tell me that people are just born that stupid. I don't even think you can indoctrinate people to be that stupid. I think it takes serious Serious substances. Who the hell says that? They're just not being perfect. Well, I think the cop didn't like her because she's a big girl. I don't realize she was a child. None of that matters if you're killing someone. Doesn't really matter. But then we go back to Keith Ellison. You know, it's not about race. All these people, they have all these excuses because they know the narrative is absolute garbage. Why? Well, the numbers tell you it's garbage because they know some people will actually go and look up the numbers and go, wait a second, wait a minute. Black Americans, especially young male black Americans, their leading cause of death is murder. They're the only group of people that their leading cause of death is murder. See, everybody else has accidents and then get into heart disease and other kinds of things. And way down that list comes, uh, you know, things like homicide. And then you realize, well, wait a second, most of the violent crime in this country, over half or rate about half of the violent crime in this country is committed by 6% of the population. Well, of course, that's where the police are. And then they go into the whole thing about, well, you know, it's about, you know, poverty and all that. And that probably plays a part. And also the biggest part can be played because they don't have fathers because the Democrat Party took away the ability and the incentive for people to be fathers. We know this. Go look up Thomas Sowell. Listen to, you know, he has amazing, amazing videos about this. And so they have much more interactions with the police than white people do. And white people still, still get killed twice as much as black people. So Keith Ellison, go back to his point, said, well, it's okay in this country to kill a certain group of people if, you know, if they're a certain color. Yeah, it's called white. Apparently, it's absolutely fine. You can gun them down all day long, every day, and nobody gives a shit. No one cares. 
No one talks about it. There's no marches. There's no riots. Nobody cares about what the cops did. No one gives a shit at all, period. Why? Because it doesn't help the Democrat Party win an election. So nobody cares. Well, who cares about you? Why would they? What does it lead to? We all know where this leads. We know for an absolute fact. It is not a question. It is not a topic to be theorized on. It is not an abstract thought project. We know where this kind of rhetoric and this kind of crap, where it leads. It leads to a whole hell of a bunch of racist people, a whole bunch of really, really angry, radicalized people that will do horrible things. And maybe that's the point. Maybe that's the point. Maybe they wanted to get there so they have more justification to do things like gun control, which control, here's a little thing, it's kind of funny. I uh, was working around music for a long time. I really wanted to get into the music business. I still do. I'll, I'll still play music. But uh had a couple people I talked to, and I said, well, what do I really need to know? What What's the big thing I really need to know so maybe I can make it a little further in this business? And they said, well, here's the first thing you need to know. The business part is always in capitals. So music is small case. Business is large case. Just always remember that. That's always, you know, the thing. And the same thing with gun control. The gun part is in lowercase. Control is in big, bold, capital letter, italicized, underlined. Bold. Control. That's what it's always about. And you know this because they're not worried about the guns that actually kill people. No, they're worried about the guns that, you know, people like my cell phone. Why? Am I out killing people? No. Am I breaking any laws? No. Did I pass a background check? Yeah. But I can't have it because it's scary and they can't control a population that is armed. And they're not worried about controlling the criminal population that go buy guns out of the back of the car. They arrest them 10 times a week. And they do an amazing job of scaring the hell out of all the rest of the law-abiding citizens. So they're useful. They're useful. They use them as a cudgel and say, look, see all these people getting killed out here. We have to have gun control. We need to take your gun. Well, why would you take my gun? Why would you be worried about my gun? I'm not doing anything bad with it. What about those guys? Well, they serve a very important function. They intimidate all the red state voters. So we need them and we need them to have guns. We just don't need you to have guns. You're the ones that are in our way and trying to question our authority. And if you think that's hyperbolic and somehow, you know, I've lost my mind and I'm a crazy person. Well, here's a story that'll back it up from the L.A. Times, you know, that far right, far right conservative conspiracy group at the L.A. Times. Right. So the L.A. Times wrote a story. They have four sources inside the National Guard in California. And this is very, very interesting. So apparently last March or yeah, March or April, right around that time. It doesn't give an exact date. It says March or April. So somewhere in there when the whole lockdown order started to come down, apparently the governor, because he's the only one that could now, it doesn't explicitly say the governor, but, uh, it's pretty easy to determine the, uh, the source that would start this because there's only one person that can do it. But anyway, uh, orders came down to have an F-15 on alert. I said that right. The F-15C 
on alert because of protests and panic buying due to the lockdowns. No, I didn't say the BLM uh, riots or the Antifa riots. None of that. No, no, this was this was for people being worried about COVID and panic buying. What were they going to do with the F-15C? Well, <laughs> it's just, who knows? Buzz the crowd? You know, I don't know if uh, you've ever been uh, close enough to a, uh, a jet like this. I was, um, uh, where I grew up, they used to have an air show. They used to do that. I, I think they still do in some places. It's not a big deal anymore, but it used to be pretty cool. It was really cool. And you'd go out to the airport that day and they'd have all these different military airplanes, all these different planes. You go out and check them out, and you see them fly, and they do tricks and, you know, all this stuff. It was really, really cool. I'm sure most people have, have seen it or been to one. It was really, really neat. But uh, the one thing that uh, you know is, I mean, of course, they didn't buzz you there because, you know, it it can, you know, blow your eardrums out, break glass, and all that sort of thing. But, yeah, I mean, they, they talked about this as a military tactic where, you know, you have a crowd that's, you know, unruly or something like that. And, you know, they don't have weapons big enough to shoot down the the F-15 or whatever aircraft you're wanting to use. So you fly ultra low, you kick on afterburners. It literally blows the glass out of uh, buildings and terrifies people. And so I assume that was the goal. But you're going to buzz crowds that are trying to what, buy toilet paper? Stock up on food? This comes from four different sources inside the National Guard. Now, it would have to be coordinated with the president if they wanted those troops to be armed. And obviously it wasn't coordinated with, you know, Donald Trump, because that's who would have been president at that time. Uh, so this would fall on Newsom, because he's the only one that could have given the order for them to have an F-15 on standby. Do you think now, maybe it makes a little more sense, who they are targeting, if you haven't figured it out? They didn't have this thing sitting on the uh, runway ready to go disperse the uh, BLM riots. No. Why do that? They're burning down the small business owner. That's exactly who we don't like. They have too much freedom and liberty. We don't like them. Go ahead. Because BLM and Antifa was doing the job they wanted done anyway. So they wouldn't bother them. They only bother the people that, you know, didn't like lockdowns, thought they were unconstitutional. You know, those pesky people that believe in freedom and liberty and think that there's this old ratty document somewhere that says that we should have freedom and liberty. You know, those crazy kooks. It's all these people really care about suppressing. They don't care about crime. They don't care about people getting shot. They don't care about people dying. And they certainly don't care about cities burning down. No. Why would they? It's all about pushing forth the narrative that benefits them. One quick reason that uh, you can uh, understand this. Did you hear about the insurrection in Oklahoma? Did you hear about the insurrection in Iowa two weeks ago? We didn't hear about those big insurrections. Wasn't that weird? We've heard so much about January 6th, all those terrible, horrible insurrectionists at the Capitol. And, uh, but it's really weird that only extends again to one side. Um, last week, uh, Oklahoma 
they were uh, passing the uh, new riot bill to say, hey, you know, we got higher penalties and certain things you can't do and you're going to get arrested. And you're going to go to jail for rioting. Uh, it's OK. BLM and Antifa rushes the state capitol. They get inside. They're chanting. They're trying to disrupt the vote. I heard something that that's supposedly the worst thing you could ever do ever on the face of the earth. Did you hear about it? Not too many people heard about it. It's really weird. But um, yeah, that's strange. And tried to shout down the people talking and trying to take the vote. And uh, it's really odd. That insurrection, just no big deal. Nobody heard about it. Everything just went away. Magical, huh? Pretty magical. Two weeks ago, Iowa, state capitol, again, uh, voting on a voting bill uh, to secure the votes and to verify all that good stuff to make voting more secure so they don't have issues anymore. Again, BLM busts into the uh, capitol building there, shouting down, uh, protesting, yelling, trying to disrupt the uh, business of the government. Why doesn't any of the people on TV or any of these outlets care? Why does nobody report it? Well, it doesn't serve a narrative. It's an insurrection, I guess, if you want to apply the same standards, right? It's an insurrection. These people are horrible. We should lock them all up in solitary confinement and never let them out. Oh, wait a second. Those legislatures are dominated by Republicans, I forgot. So therefore, it's not an insurrection. It's only an insurrection if you're getting close to Democrats. Now we understand. Now we got the full picture. It's okay to do it if, you know, the majority of that government is a Republican government. It's perfectly fine. It's not an insurrection. It's a mostly peaceful protest. Hell, they probably could have set the place on fire and it would have just been, well, just the voice of the unheard. You know how it goes. You know how that works. It's probably some of those non-racist, racist people. This is incredible. It's just hard to believe. Oh, man. It is hard to believe. Hard to believe. So much going on. So much, so much. Um, and now things are changing. Of course, we have the climate, the climate, we discussed that last week was Earth Day. We discussed how all that was very interesting. You know, we were going to freeze to death in the 70s and 80s, the 90s. The, the ozone layer had already burned away and we're all going to catch on fire and die. And then when that didn't work, and then now we're just at climate change, which nobody can define. It's just kind of a weird, you know ambiguous threat that we're all going to perish somehow and now it's just going to be you know major weather events or climate change whether you can actually link any climate to it, it's all just bizarre but there's new things being added biden was discussing climate change migrants climate change migrants and wants to make this a priority that if people want to come here because of climate change they should be pushed to the front of the line boy that's not a loophole you could drive an aircraft carrier through, right? Right? How easy is that? You just leave your home. I'm going to come to America. Why? Climate change. Okay. Stamp. Come on in. <laughs> you know. Come on in. You're good. Climate change, right? You climate change? You climate change too, right? Yeah, it was a little cold last week. I didn't like it. Oh, climate change. Okay, come on in. Uh, come on. You're fine. You're fine. A little warm. 
A little warm for you there this week? Okay, yeah, climate change, come on in. These people can't be serious. Now, what makes it even worse is he was talking to the Mexican president, Obrador. I think I said that right, Obrador, yeah. And he had a really, really great idea of how to make this work better. He wants to get some Mexican citizens to now have U.S. citizenship to let them get in, um, you know. And they're not just going to be climate refugees, though. They are going to be the helpers. They're going to be helpers. And this is the brilliant plan. If you think, if you had any thought that any of these world leaders have any brains whatsoever or cared about anything whatsoever, they don't. Most of these people... Most of these people would be in the special needs section of the class. And this just uh, this just uh, puts it out there. He wants to create a program where uh, Mexican nationals will uh, help plant trees. Okay, they're going to plant trees in Mexico and uh, some of the uh, in the triangle there. I guess Guatemala, Honduras, all that. They're going to plant trees for two years, and then they could get U.S. citizenship. Now. You may think, well, you know, that doesn't sound bad. They're planting trees, worrying about the environment. Here's the next catch. Um, the U.S. can pay for it. <laughs> so we're going to pay these people, <laughs> pay for the trees, have them plant trees somewhere other than America, and that's going to grant them the right to come and be American citizens. <laughs> no, I'm not making it up. And it's an honest-to-God plan that they came up with and are talking about. We got some more right after this. Have you heard words that and phrases you don't understand or don't know the meaning of? Well, here's your answer. It's the new leftist to English dictionary from Eric Core. We help you make sense of words and phrases or let you know they have no meaning. Have you ever heard things like this? Rock and I think it's a right for people that bad at kept care. And not have any idea what it means? Well, you're not alone. We don't either. Well, that's why we created the book, to let you know you're not alone and not knowing what something means. It happens all the time. Many words and phrases that leftists say, we have no idea what they mean, or maybe we do. That's why you have to buy the Leftist to English Dictionary from Eric Kaur. We'll help you out anytime you hear interesting phrases like, a whole-of-government approach really means they just want to rob you blind and pay their friends and donors and help them get rich. It's a resource that is invaluable and will help every responsible family in these trying times. The Leftist to English Dictionary from Eric Kaur. Buy today. Save tomorrow. Eric Kaur is not responsible for any side effects from this product. That includes depression, anxiety, uncontrollable laughter or crying, anger, head injuries, or any unapproved use of this product or its definitions. The Leftist to English Dictionary. Buy it today. You'll thank us tomorrow. And I'm back. Yes. Yes, that's right. Tree planting. American taxpayers paying for someone else to plant trees so they can get the right to come here and we can give them more money, more stuff from American taxpayers. No, you're not being used, people. No, not at all. No, not at all. Nope, we're not being used at all. No, it should be fine. Oh, goodness. So one thing I wanted to talk about today, something that came up, and uh, like I said, I don't always watch news and uh, and uh, uh, politics and all that. I mean, it's... 
it's really uh, it's really hard not to because you know doing all the research and coming up with all the stories for this twice a week you know it does put a lot of time at doing that i was watching something the other day it was very interesting it was music related and they said well you know when did you know the real rock and the real discovery of new bands and stuff when did that really die in america and uh somebody who i'm not going to mention his name uh just because you know but he was a, a famous guy he used to be uh on mtv and stuff and he said really what it was was when uh clinton signed the uh, the telecommunications broadcasting act in 1996 and so for all those who have problems with Bill Clinton, which I mean, there was a laundry list. One of the most I want to say uh, between Bill Clinton and uh, Obama, those two presidents, 16 years, it would take I don't know, it would probably take a couple decades to undo the damage that those two men have done to America. I mean, seriously, it would probably take a good 20 to 30 years to really undo all of the absolute devastation that those two managed to do. Clinton was definitely, definitely high on that list. I mean, you had NAFTA and so many other things that he just absolutely destroyed, decimated our military, left us very vulnerable with Middle East terrorist groups, um, you know, token, uh, you know, what do you call it? Um, oh, my goodness, I'm drawing a blank today. Uh, the proxy wars going on around the the world that we basically just, you know, kind of threw money at and, and didn't really fight. And it was just a just a absolute disaster, just a disaster. But this one, this one could have been or could be one of the most devastating things that he signed into law. And that's the Telecommunications Act of 1996. Okay. So people go, well, what, what, what did that do? Well, you know, the guy that I was listening to said basically what it did was, you know, there was rules for a long time that, you know, a company could only own so many radio stations within a certain broadcast area. And that meant there was a lot of independent stations and a lot of independent media sources are out there. And, you know, these people would go out and discover local bands and all these different things, put them on the air. And it was kind of cool and everything was kind of local and it was awesome. And it was America. And by doing this, basically, it just allowed for mergers to open up and major corporations just to buy up all of it. And that also extended to telecommunications. Yes, that means Internet. Yes, that means TV. So, yes, this sparked what we have today. This is how we got here. <clears throat> One part of the Telecommunications Act that everyone is very familiar with now that's, you know, everybody believes is some kind of other thing. It's all part of this. It's Section 230. Yes, that's all in this one, one bill. Section 230 that everybody hates and has created, you know, the wealthiest monopolies to ever be on the face of the earth. Yes, that's all part of this. It also has given us the fact that basically six corporations own every source of mainstream media. Period. That's not just radio, which it does include radio. It also includes all of your broadcast networks on TV, all the cable networks. Six corporations now own all of it. It's all directly tied to this bill and including and screwing up all that. And that's why we can't get, you know, true independent voices out there in mainstream media at all. It's all thanks to this. 
and as well why we can't get anything done with big tech. All part of this ginormous cluster that was the Telecommunications Act of 1996. So if you wanted to fix things, if you really wanted to fix things throughout all of the media landscape, I guess the best thing would be to just repeal Title V, also known as the Telecommunications Act of 1996. Um, so yeah, that was uh, very interesting. So he was talking about that. And so I went in and I said, wait a second, wait a second. Cause I, I knew that, you know, the whole thing with like section 230 was in the, you know, in the mid nineties, because of course that's when the internet just getting off the ground, just getting started really as a mainstream product. And, uh, so yeah, it was very interesting. And, uh, and you did notice it. It was a huge, I mean, it's changed a lot in my lifetime from what you used to have. You had all these cool little independent stations here and there, and people could kind of, you know, get a different flavor for different areas and everything. And uh, yeah, it all started disappearing. And I thought it was very interesting because boy, does it tie into what we're dealing with today. Boy, does it ever. And I just thought that was amazing and a cool little tidbit to throw in because I was like, wow, you know, went down the rabbit hole with it. I'm like, wait a second. He's talking about you know, all this getting screwed up with like the music industry. So it's really amazing. In one fell swoop, one pin, one signature with a pin, single-handedly decimated the music industry, the diversity in television, and free speech on the internet. Wow. That's a hell of a legacy. I guess then you have to fly off to uh, what pedophile Island and, uh, work out some stress, huh? I guess that's how the, uh, how Bill had to handle that. Good Lord. Anyway, (laughs) it's pretty bad. I can't help it. It's just bad. So anyway, Oh, one other quick thing. Oh, you're going to love this. You're going to love this. Uh, the Canadian pastor is back. The Canadian pastor is back. Uh, a couple, a couple weeks ago, you know, we had him on the police showed up, he chased them out Nazis. And uh, apparently, uh, the only time these guys can show up now, I don't know if you're aware. I think most people are, uh, judges, uh, usually don't issue any kind of, um, you know, big rulings and stuff. They usually don't do it on Sunday. It's usually not the day that they come in to make big rulings. I mean, as we know, it's usually Monday through Friday and then probably before 5 p.m. That's how that usually works, regular business hours. Uh, But apparently these uh, cops just can't seem to ever show up, you know, during the week because that would just be, you know, normal, come during normal business hours and talk about a problem. No, they like to show up on Sunday. Here you go. This is the Canadian pastor back again come today and then at least explain the order serve the order and then we can stand at the back no you can contact can no, no 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 you can contact my lawyer okay my lawyer takes care of this i'm not interested to listen to any word you have to say i do not cooperate with the gestapo i do not talk to the nazis you came in your uniforms like thugs that's what you are yes brown shirts of adolf hitler you're nazi gestapo communist fascist i do not cooperate with nazis talk to my lawyer you're not allowed here you're not welcomed here and i'm not going to cooperate with gestapo like you okay so is that fair enough for you 
I'll talk to my lawyer. To, I just wanted to explain a little bit about the order. I'm not interested. I just to at least have a conversation. <laughs> I'm not interested in talking. You see, you see, this is what the Gestapo is doing. You coming to you coming mm -hmm. to the place of worship to intimidate and to harass so you can make an appointment lady listen to me you can make an appointment another day you get stopped <laughs> so our buddy's back i gotta keep finding his video man he's back he's good he's great uh boy he strung that together too a bunch of nazi fascist gestapo man that was good <laughs> oh man he, he's great he's great so he's back he's back he's uh um uh, yeah he chased him off again because you know the whole thing he keeps saying you know make an appointment with my attorney make an appointment during the week come and talk to me then and we'll discuss it but of course they only want to show up on sunday because they want to intimidate the people that are going to church it's obvious and why would they want to do that well it's because of people's attitude towards this whole thing um you know here is a a, a karen in her car making a, a video about masks. This is what I'm talking about. This is how demented people are. You can't put a simple cloth across your face to keep your neighbor from dying. I don't ever want to hear you talk about God or how you're pro-life oh. ever again. Wow. Yeah, I mean, not wearing a mask is the same as killing babies. You know what I mean? <sighs> That's how you get here. That's how you get here. You have abs, and this is the media's fault. Yeah, which also ties back to uh, Bill Clinton, as we just discussed, uh, which is kind of funny when you think about it. But uh, this is how we get here. This is how you get here. You get people so crazy by lying and lying and lying to them and indoctrinating them that they're like, "Yeah, if you don't put this piece of T-shirt around your face that does absolutely nothing, I don't want to hear you talk about babies." These people were. They're fucking sick. Yes, the pastor's right. He is absolutely right. Here, uh, where is he? Out, Nazi. Out. Out. Yep, he's back. He's good. Anyway, um, yeah, so uh, now we got a whole lot going on. So the mask thing, uh, Tucker got in a little bit of trouble this week talking about masks. Um, and he got in a little bit of trouble. Here it is. But from Union Station to the Capitol, for example, in Washington, without wearing a mask, Angry Biden voters will snort at you in judgment. How could you, they're saying from behind the gauze. How could you? That's the question we should be asking of them in return. The rest of us should be snorting at them first. They're the aggressors. It's our job to brush them back and restore the society we were born in. So the next time you see someone in a mask on the sidewalk or on the bike path, do not hesitate. Ask politely but firmly, would you please take off your mask? Science shows there is no reason for you to be wearing it. Your mask is making me uncomfortable. Don't do it around other people. That's the message we should send because it's true. As for forcing children to wear masks outside, that should be illegal. Your response when you see children wearing masks as they play should be no different from your response to seeing someone beat a kid in Walmart. Call the police immediately. <laughs> Contact Child Protective Services. Keep calling until someone arrives. It's pretty good. What you're looking good. at is abuse. It's child abuse, and you are morally obligated to attempt to prevent it. If it's your own children being abused, then act accordingly. Let's say your kid's school emailed you to announce that every day after lunch, your sixth grader was gonna get punched in the face by a teacher. How would you respond to that? That's precisely how you should <laughs> respond when they tell you that your kids have to wear masks on the soccer field. That is unacceptable, it is dangerous, and we should act like it, because it is. 
Wow, yeah, he got in a lot of trouble. Apparently, he's uh, now a Nazi, according to Bill Crystal. Who cares about Bill Crystal? Wasn't he part of the the uh, child sex thing there on the Lincoln Project? Pretty sure. Pretty sure. Sure, the uh, the the kitty touchers there at the, the Lincoln Project. Yeah, he was all part of that. Bill Crystal called him a fascist. Now well, you know, and of course he's being hyperbolic. He's making a point that it's so stupid and it is ridiculous. I don't think calling the police they're going to show up and do anything. But hey, why not try? I guess why not try? Uh, it's absolutely out of control, and uh, so now it's getting uh, you know pretty big because the CDC came out and said that you know masks are not really a big deal outside, and uh, Fauci said the same thing. More talk about it. I know the CDC is looking at perhaps revising their guidance about uh, wearing masks outdoors at this time. Well, what's your best guidance on that at this point? You know, I don't want to get ahead of them, George, but I think it's pretty common sense now that outdoor risk is really, really quite low, particularly, I mean, if you were a vaccinated person wearing a wearing a mask outdoors, I mean, obviously the risk is minuscule. What I believe you're going to be hearing with the country is going to be going to be hearing soon is updated guidelines from the CDC, the CDC is a science-based organization. Are they? they don't want to make any guidelines unless they look at the data and the data backs it up. But when you look around at the common sense situation, obviously the risk is really very low, particularly if you're vaccinated. Yeah. So uh, yeah, now he's gonna get out. You know, he does. A, it's it's pretty minuscule. I believe the word is minuscule. By the way, just to help you out on pronunciation, there, doctor. Um, it's absolutely insane. You know, we all knew this to be true. We all knew it. It all already made common sense. But it's fine. If uh, Fauci says it, then it's heralded. If Tucker says it, well, he's a fascist and a Nazi. Um, and it is. It is, especially if you're, uh, you know, working out or, or doing any kind of physical activity and you keep uh, some sort of T-shirt wrapped around your face. Um, yeah, you're getting a whole lot more carbon carbon dioxide and not uh, as much oxygen. And of course, of course, we, we, we can use common sense, you know. Fauci. Yeah, but uh, apparently that's not good enough. Apparently none of that is good enough because what are we going to do? What are we going to do about all these people that don't want to get vaccinated? What are we going to do? I mean, like the lady said in her car, you know, don't want to hear about you know, abortions. Don't want to hear about that. That's my body, my choice. But a vaccine? Well, that's not going to be your choice. Um, here's uh, Joyless Reed. Um, she's talking about, well, maybe we should just charge them all with felonies. Now the vaccine-resistant Trump crowd is becoming a problem for the rest of us. That's because the country is fast approaching a tipping point when vaccine hesitancy will become the biggest hurdle to achieving herd immunity. So after a while, so-called vaccine hesitancy might be better described as reckless endangerment. Oh, yeah, just a felony. How does that work exactly? So if you're vaccinated, you're fully vaccinated, you're all protected, right? You can't get it. Now, the people who elect not to get a vaccine, well, then that assumes that they will get it. You're not going to get it because you're vaccinated, right? They will get it, and then they'll recover, and then they have the antibodies. So how does that work? What's the problem again? I'm not really sure. You can't get it because you've been fully vaccinated. So what do you care? What the hell do you care if somebody else gets it? You're telling me you're so worried. Yeah, you're so worried about my life. You want to put me in jail with a felony. 
These people are terrible. It goes on. There's many of these. Very many of these. Here we go. I don't know how we get to herd immunity unless we normalize the framework around vaccine certification. Listen, we're doing it in colleges. Some organizations are doing it. We're in a global crisis. We have to reach herd immunity. And the carrot and stick of you get the vaccine, you'll be able to participate in travel, restaurants, you name it, because that's frankly easier for small businesses to, to adhere to. Really? Carrot and stick. I guess uh, Joy, uh, Joyless there, uh, has the stick. You just charge them with felonies. You know, forget these passports. No, that's not good enough. Put them in jail. Throw all those smelly Trump voters in jail that don't want to get a vaccine. Well, you know, there's some of us, like myself, who has had COVID and recovered, which I, that sounds stupid, too. I got COVID. Same as you get anything else that's a respiratory virus. You get it, you get over it, it's whatever, it's life. Yes, older people probably should get the vaccine. People that are unhealthy should probably get the vaccine so they'll be in better shape. Younger, healthier people, go the hell on about your life. We know this. It's not that hard. Uh, the CDC wanted to weigh in on it, though. And right now, it's very hard to, uh, to tease apart who is vaccinated, where they are in the vaccination. So it's not just to protect themselves, but largely to protect others and really to protect the unvaccinated. Really? So how are you protecting the unvaccinated? They're choosing not to. They have a choice not to get it, and then they'll probably get COVID. Okay, they've made that decision. What do you care? You're fine. You're covered, right? You're covered. You got the vaccine. You're all protected. You're fine. Huh, weird. But then there's some uh, who just can't figure out, you know, why we're just not doing the vaccine passports how the right got so far ahead on um, creating um, such a political connotation around the conversation about vaccine passports. There are all sorts of things you have to do to travel to all sorts of different places. How has that debate become so corrupted so early? I don't know, but it's bad. Um, I live in a state that is, uh, the state legislature is dominated by Trumpers and they are busy making it illegal for a business to require a, a passport, a vaccine passport. And now they're politicizing uh, the appropriate way to encourage people to get vaccines, uh, which will cost lives. How did it get so political? Are we really asking that? Well, you know, it's a Democrat asking how we got so political. It's those right wing people. I can't. I can't. So, I mean, none of it makes sense. What does the vaccine do? Well, apparently, I mean, according to the way they're talking about it, apparently it does nothing. I mean, you get your vaccine, you still have to act like you haven't had it to protect people that haven't got the vaccine who have chosen not to get. Well, I guess it's their choice and they're taking their own risk. Huh, that sounds like adulting. Isn't that weird? Calculated risks. I mean... Nobody ever does those, right? Nobody ever takes a calculated risk, only every time you get out of bed. I mean, if you weren't into taking calculated risk, I guess you would just hide wrapped up in uh, pillows on your bed till you died, right? Because, well, you couldn't really do anything else. I mean, everything else is a calculated risk. Everything you do every day, 
Whether you get out of bed, go take a shower. A lot of people fall and get killed in the shower. A lot of people die in car accidents. Many, many, many more people die in car accidents than a lot of other things you do. There's a lot. There's a lot. So, yeah, calculated risk. I don't know. So, a uh, couple little things here. Um, it was kind of funny. I guess uh, the BBC isn't as good at screening. Maybe they don't have the... Uh, Telecommunications Broadcasting Act of 1996, where they have everything consolidated under one power and they can vet all these things. But apparently this BBC guy, apparently, this is so funny, getting into gun violence and, and all that. Um, but it was kind of funny. Uh, I wanted to add this on because it's just uh, cracked me up. Now, I've, I know most of the people that listen to me probably know who Brandon Tatum is. Uh, you know, he's part of the Blexit movement, works a lot with Candace Owens. And uh, he was invited on, apparently, this BBC show to talk about the Chauvin trial, the verdict. And uh, it's so funny because nobody screened this guy. And the uh, uh, host is just blown away by what he says. Uh, I'll play some of it here. This will crack you up. Now to Brandon Tatum, a former police officer and Lord. founder and CEO of the Officer Tatum. Thank you very officer. much for coming on the program. My pleasure. So we're going to talk about lots of the wider issues just in a moment. But first of all, just wanted to get your reaction to the conviction. Mm. Well, first of all, I think most of what I heard on the broadcast all the way here is confusing to me. Um, I think we're living in the twilight zone. This conviction, in my personal opinion, did nothing for our country. I mean, people are, are living a lie. Thank you. I mean, this is one police officer, one person in the community, they found him guilty. This was the swiftest justice I ever seen in my life. The day after the film came out, he was arrested. Um, he was tried. Ten hours of deliberation, he was convicted. I, I, I'm not. I'm not really sure why people are acting like this. This is monumental. Also, he did not get a fair trial, in my personal opinion. There was a lot of obstruction mm. that happened. They paid the family out 27 million before the jury could be selected. I mean, they're going to have a case and appeal. So I, I don't know why people are celebrating and I don't know why this is such mm. a big focal point other than people are making money off of the pain of people in our country. Wow. <laughs> That's wow. Good. Things that happened around the trial, which now that there is a conviction, I think we should probably park that. But secondly, you're upset that there's a amalgamation here of a wider sense of a landmark case and this one specific court case. Well, yeah, this is not a landmark case. I think people are, this is a political agenda. They're pushing lies nice. in our country. Policing in America is not inherently racist. We don't live in a racist country. Thank this was you. an interaction between a police officer wow. that I thought did the wrong thing and a black man who was on drugs high, resisting arrest, <laughs> and ended up being killed by that <laughs> this police officer. This guy doesn't know what That's the hell. That's as simple as it can be. He had to look the president the of the United States got out and, and made a fool of himself trying to promote <laughs> racism in a simple uh, police encounter wow. that the officer got convicted on. So you, re you, re you, reject, you, re wow. you reject President Biden's comments about systemic racism and it being a stain on the whole uh, nation. Yeah. Yes, President Biden is an idiot in my personal opinion. <laughs> Sorry, I had to play that. That was great, wasn't it? That was great. This guy, I mean, they didn't screen it. And you have to watch the video. The looks on this guy's face, it just, just blows his mind because I'm sure somebody told him, like, hey, this uh, we got a, a former uh, cop that's a black guy that's talking about the Chauvin trial. Let's have him on. And nobody did the screening properly. I mean, it was probably some flack, some intern, like, booked this and had no idea. They didn't check into it. Oh, man, that does my heart good does my heart good maybe that's what i need to start doing i need to start ending each show with something funny 
something really funny to um, to really uh, brighten up the rest of your week till the next episode. I think it's we're going to have to. We got to get back to comedy and all that because it's just you know what are you going to do? It's it's funny. Um, here you go. Here's some. We're going to do some just kind of miscellaneous uh, fun things to end this episode. Here's a, a TikTok. Um, I bet you didn't know meat. It's racist. Yeah. Wanted chitterlings. Oh, slaves had to eat now scraps. Now that black mm-hmm. people have overcome slavery, mm-hmm. they developed a rich barbecue culture. Okay. To make up for all the meat eating that they lost out on. Mm-hmm. So when mm-hmm. you go to the store and you buy a piece of meat as a white person, right. you are actively taking away a piece of meat that could be being enjoyed by a survivor of ancestral slavery. Wait, Eating what? Eating meat is not only racist, what? but it's also anti-Semitic. During the Holocaust, uh-huh. Jews did not get to eat meat in labor camps. Jews didn't eat meat. They ate potato they soup, ate. Okay. which yeah. would so? spill on their bodies. It would spill on their bodies and burn them. Giving them infections. Gave them infections, Now, Pat. Jew survivors eat a lot of meat. Brisket. Brisket. Uh-huh. Just let them have that. Stop appropriating. So, yeah, better stop appropriating. You better not have a fucking hamburger. All right, listen. Having a hamburger is racist. Somebody else could eat that meat. You go eat your kale salad and you be happy because if you don't, (laughs) if you don't, you're racist. By the way, I don't know if anybody uh, enlightened this uh, girl on the fact that uh, Jewish people uh, don't eat pork, by the way. So, I mean, there's a large section of meat that apparently would be just fine to eat, I guess. Oh, boy. But it is is entertaining. Meat is racist. It is very racist. Everything is racist. I got to find that song. I, I can't remember. It was on a show. It was hilarious. Everything is racist. It was pretty good. I have to say, I think I played it on here once, uh, way back. It was one of the first episodes um, that uh, meat is racist. It is uh, unbelievable where, how far we've come and how uh, we're letting stupid people, way too many stupid people, um, you know, put their stuff out there. Here's another, this is an ad uh, that I thought was really funny. It is really funny if you uh, watch it, but uh, this is a great commercial. This is, goes back to the ID. These are just fun little racist things, uh, you know, race things that, uh, you know, people are putting out there. You know, meat's racist. Everything's racist. Uh, but this one's pretty good. Uh, check this out. Your ID law is suppressing folks' right to vote. But right. for 50 cents a day, you can sponsor one of these helpless victims. <laughs> Together, we'll help them complete the impossible task of getting an ID, something every functioning adult has anyways, but is nevertheless racist. Unlike us, who are not racist and think highly of people. Do you know your home address? This is the type of complicated information that we're here to teach you. Check the front of your house. It's usually written right there. Many folks don't even know how to spell DMV, let alone find one. We can help change that. Visit noid.com and donate today. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Um, there's just lots and lots and lots of this fun, fun things that you can find. And, you know, a lot of people. I mean, what is your home address? I mean, tough, tough questions like that. Walk outside. Look in the front of your house. It's usually right there. That's great. 
Oh, man. At least some people are having fun. We should be having fun. We should be enjoying it uh, because this stuff is absolutely insane. Because the whole premise is if everything's racist, nothing is racist. And as, you know, Keith Ellison said, it's not really racism. I mean, it's just, you know, they just don't like poor people. It's hard to believe how we got here. It's hard to believe that we have made it here. But uh, the last thing that I want to talk about real quick before I go, uh, something that really struck me, um, there was a guy that uh, was talking about uh, gun control, uh, and he was on uh, the Tucker, I don't know if you've seen him, Tucker Carlson today, he has a new show, and he does a long-form interview kind of thing, and he had this guy on there talking about all the different uh, things with gun control and all that. And one statistic that he threw out that I did not know at all, and it changes everything. There was a couple things. Number one, apparently there's a um, a guy uh, that this is all he does is study gun violence in America. And uh, he was talking about, you know, he couldn't believe that Biden and all these people were talking about this, you know, uh, pandemic of gun violence and how terrible it is and there are certain parts of certain cities that have gone you know absolutely crazy and we've talked about that but as a whole gun violence is actually at historical lows in this country and have been for a little while now so that was really mind-blowing and uh, i've got to dig up that exact report and we'll talk about it probably friday i'll dig that up and actually read the report because that really has me intrigued now that, wow, we're at the absolute lowest point, you know, historical lows of, of gun violence in America. But the other thing that this guy said that really did just blow my mind was he said that the statistics are so screwed up on gun violence because 65 to 67 percent of all the numbers they list as gun violence deaths are suicide. Think about that for a minute. 65 to 67% of all the numbers they give out about gun violence deaths are suicides. That changes everything. So if they, I mean, just take a wild stab at it. If they say 40,000 people a year are dying from gun violence, I mean, that's almost 70% of those, almost 70% are suicides. That's an incredible number. That is an incredible amount of disinformation. It's an incredible amount of bullshit. These are numbers I'm going to be digging into, and I'm sure we'll talk about it on Friday, uh, the historic low gun violence and the fact that almost 70% of gun violence or gun deaths in America that are listed, that are used to beat us over the head and tell us that it's okay to take our guns, are suicides. Suicide's not anything that, you know, is good in any way. But that's a whole different story. You're not talking about people out shooting people and killing people. And that makes a huge difference. That makes all the difference in the world. And that probably goes back to why... When Biden started talking about all this gun violence stuff, he's like, well, it takes away from suicides if we do these red, uh, you know, red flag laws. This is insane. This is insane. We're being so lied to and manipulated. It's just disgusting. Those are some more things we will discuss on Friday. We're going to talk about these numbers and gun violence numbers because that really, really, really matters. And anything else that pops up between now and then, because I know it will. 
But anyway, please, uh, again, I want to remind everybody to like, share, subscribe. Subscribe, it's free. doesn't mean you have to pay anything. It just lets you know when these episodes come out. So please do so. Please rate and review. It makes such a huge difference. All the stars in the world, uh, as many as they'll let you give. If they'll let you give it 10 stars, give it 10 stars. It helps out so much. It defeats the uh, the robot algorithms that uh, calculate all these things somehow. They are just confused by the stars, I guess. And uh, if you want to get a message, you can uh, do it directly at Eric's America Pod on Facebook. Uh, go to the website, erics-america.com. You can listen to episodes and message me direct from there. Or if you just want to send an old-fashioned an old fashioned email, you can do so. Pod at Gmail comes directly to me. All of it comes directly to me because I am all the staff there is. It's just me here with a mic. And I will be back on Friday with uh, a whole new episode and find some funny things to spice it up a bit because we need some comedy. I don't think all hope is lost. I think we are going to come out okay if we work hard to try to. So just remember, it's no agenda, just America. America.